Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Man, I'll tell you what, we've had a great weekend. Uh, Michelle and I have. We've, we, we got, yesterday we had the privilege of um, being a part of Gabe and Mackenzie Randolph's wedding. And, you know, most people get married and go on a honeymoon. The next day after they get married, they come to church. I'm telling you, congratulations, guys. We're excited for you. Excited for you. First day in God's house as a married couple, and McKenzie's like, okay, talk about something else. Well, here's the thing. God gave the marriage institution, and he gave it an example in Ephesians 5 of his relationship with the church. And so I'm just pumped up because it just makes me, every time we go through a, a marriage ceremony, it just gets me excited that God sees us the way I'm watching that husband and bride look at each other. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking the whole time. Man, God sees us and he desires us that same way that they're desired. Now, give them some time and that look can change. (laughs) But you know, you give us some time as Christians, a lot of times God's people's look changes towards him. They're excited when they get saved, but then somehow or another their excitement starts to fall or starts to fade. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I think all of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would say we, we suffer seasons like that. Well, that's the setup for what I want to talk about today. I want to begin by saying this. Teenagers, you more than likely will get nothing out of this message today. So I'm just going to start off by saying that. I would assume you not go to sleep, and maybe you can hear something and you'll remember it later in life. But I do remember thinking when I was your age that I would never get old. Come on, some people can identify with this now. I actually had quite a head of hair at one, at one point in my life. And uh, for those of you that walk around doing these things with your hair, like especially when guys like, flip it over, I could do that. I actually had hair down to my shoulder blades, and we could braid it if we wanted to. Yeah, you, you didn't know me then and probably wouldn't come to this church if I did now. But Caleb, you ain't got nothing on me, buddy just telling you. I, I just, I remember thinking how older people really ought to do more with their hair. Because they just, they just let it go. What, what's the deal? I don't understand that. There's just so many things that differ between young people and old people. They, they just really do. And I, I'm starting to see myself be more on the page of the old people than I <laughs> I am the young. I, I just, I mean, I could eat a large pizza, pizza, or not just a piece of pizza, I could eat a large pizza and drink a two-liter bottle of Coke, not Diet Coke, Coke, all by myself, and then I could go to bed and sleep all night. And I hear people talk about, that's going to give you heartburn. <laughs> not me. I've done that my whole life. What's the difference? I never had to worry about hair coming out my ears and my nose. That was just never a thought I have. You know in one night I can grow a one inch right out of the side of this. It's absolutely crazy what happens. And it's just one day you're like, really? I remember people saying, I, I like fried food, but it don't like me. I've, I just remember thinking I'll never have a day in my life where fried food don't like me and I like it too. 
I just think these things. Teens, I'm prepared for you to get nothing out of this today, and I know that you're not the ones laughing at this. You can probably zone out, but I want you to know for the rest of us, what I'm telling you is things in life change. They do, and, and how it affects us changes. The, the life that you are living right now, you've got to know that it will change, and that change will cause one of two things, and it's the title of my message today. That change leads to cause you to be better or to cause you to be bitter. And that's what I want to talk today, a little bit about bitter or better. You just have one of two choices. You'll either dread change and you'll resist and fight it, or you'll look forward to it and you'll profit because of it. I've, I've watched it my whole life. I've watched it not only in church, in business, in relationships. I've watched it with parents and seeing the kids. Yesterday at the barber, I, you know, women aren't the only ones that talk at the barber shop the, the, or at the beauty shop. I go to a barber, and I'm sitting there, and my barber's talking, and, and he's talking about this ghetto blaster. I know nobody even knows what that is. But he had bought it at a, at a garage sale for $25, and it had a cassette player in it. And he said he'd been looking for cassette tapes. I said, I got your answer, <laughs> whole bunches of them. And we were just talking more and more about this, and I was just thinking, in my short lifetime, how everything has changed. He said, the barber even made this comment, yeah, some people even remember 8-tracks. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be me. That'd be, any, anybody remember 8? Okay, good. I got somebody to talk to today. I, I just, growing up, black and white snowy television. And if you wanted to change channels, it meant dad having me go out and adjust the antenna so we could watch something else that was black and white and snowy. I mean, that was the way it was. There wasn't no digital high def. I mean, we're getting a 4G, 5G, 27G. I don't know, but there was all of these things growing up that is not the way it is right now. There was no cell phones. Now, I know that young people have already zoned me out, but some of you can identify with this. There wasn't a cell phone, and there was only one phone to talk on. You couldn't be on the phone at the same time as someone, hey, y'all calm down, I'm on the phone. That's what you might say to the kids, but you didn't say it because someone else was talking on the phone. Now you got three people in a car all on some phone call that's different, at the same, and you think that's not a big deal. That is a big deal for those of us that never had that before. Party lines at grandma's, I remember that. You couldn't pick the phone up because so-and-so would be talking to so-and-so. And if they were saying something really loud, Grandma would be like, give me the phone, give me the phone. <laughs> you could hear what everybody else was talking. There was no microwave, and there was not anything that was instant. Everything took time if it was going to be good. Uh, no computer. In fact, most of my friends in high school did not even take typing. Typing was for the geeks. When I was in school, no one took typing. And so when I got into college and they wanted us to type a paper, you know what I did? I went to somebody smarter than me that knew how to type and had them type my papers because I didn't know how to type. I had to learn that later in life. I mean, I just sit there and I think about things, I, I, about how different it was. My first car was really good, but my parents' first car that had electric windows, I thought we were in heaven. 
electric windows. You, you know, yesterday at the barbershop, we were also talking about cruising Carney. Anybody ever cruise Carney? Ah, we got some cruisers here. So, so they, they, I know they don't do that anymore, but there was a day and time where we would cruise Carney. That's taking your cool car. And I thought that we were the ones that invented that, but I was talking to my mom years ago, and she'd say, you didn't invent that. We did that when I was a kid. And she was telling me how different things were. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, at that time, only the really rich kids had air conditioning. And so in the middle of the summer when they were cruising Kearney, they knew all the rich kids because they had their windows rolled up because they had air conditioning on. So mom said we wanted to look like all them, so we would sweat, but we'd roll those windows up. So everybody, <laughs> True story, you can ask her. She tells stories about me all the time. I got plenty on her. The first car... The first cell phone, the first things that I'm like, okay, this is amazing. I, I just, I, I'm all the time reflecting on, and I, I can't drive around anymore without remembering the way it used to be. And, and sometimes I'm looking and going, man, that was a lot better. You couldn't drive through Springfield when my grandfather was alive, and him not saying, that's some of the best ground that there ever was for planting and, and and they have now put concrete all over. He was just sick. All the time, I'm, I'm sitting here going, change is not anything new, but the older you get, the more you recognize it. And you see it. You know that, that they used to have what they call service stations? Now, for those of you, those are convenience stores now. But they don't call it a service station. And the reason they used to call it a service station is because when you pulled up, they'd pump your gas, they'd check your oil, and they'd clean your window for you. Somebody would actually come out and serve you. That's why they called it a service station. Now it's convenience. We're going to go, everything changes, and you're like, okay, well, it was a lot better when it was a service station. Yeah, maybe and maybe not. I don't know. Teenagers, I, I know that you're thinking that life won't change for you, but it does really fast. Does that's right. In fact, if you're a teenager or younger, will you just stand right now? Just, just, and if you've already gone to sleep, parents, wake them up for a second. Have this apart for them, right, right here. Okay, come on, come on, stand. Church, give them a hand. We're grateful for them. Thank you for, thank you for being in church this morning. Y'all can sit down. Here's why I did that. I wanted to wake them up. But I also want to make sure in this message that we don't deflate or make them feel bad because they haven't experienced the same changes that we have. Now, change is inevitable. What is not inevitable is how you handle it. But a lot of people are acting like that is the case. Are you better because of change or are you bitter? Now, you've got to answer that this morning, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I'm going to give you some scripture because I don't want you to come to church and not get equipped to go out there and live life better. I mean, that's our goal, to go live life better, not bitter. You know, everyone who gets married, and listen, I, my wife, I'm going to be careful, babe. I just remember how I thought it was going to be when I got married. And, and old people are telling me, you just don't even know. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't even know what you're talking about. I know everything. Now, now I, I think now that I've been married for 30 plus years, 
And I hear people that I'm trying to give advice to or help, and this has nothing to do with Gabe and McKenzie because they received. But I know that at some points I was probably talking and they're rolling their eyes inside their head, not outwardly. And they're going, you just don't know. He's, he's the greatest guy in the whole world. And she's so beautiful. And, and I, I just kind of go, you ain't got a clue. But I don't say that because I don't want to discourage them. So I'm going to say it this morning to discourage you a little bit. But here, here's what I can tell you. I don't for a second want to go back to that. I got 30 years of figuring this all out, and starting this all over would be hell. I'm just telling you, there is a ton of work ahead of you, and I wouldn't want to go back and do any of the work, but I wouldn't want to go back and start it all over for nothing because I've got a great life and now a great marriage. And I'm not saying we don't ever have trouble because she still messes up every once in a while. But I do too. And we wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, my joints hurt, my back's a little stiff, but you know I'm not worried about the next meal or how I'm going to pay the bills this week. That's not a concern I live with. Now, I want you to be aware there is a change, and you've got to learn to work with that change to your advantage. I want to teach you some things today. You may be twenty in your 20s now, 28 years old. You don't act at 28 like you did when you were at 18, and if you do, then you haven't accepted and benefited from change. And you're going to start getting bitter real quick. Everybody knows a 40 to 50-year-old that's trying to act like they're 16. And they, if they're trying to do that real quick, life becomes bitter for them. See, you don't, you don't get 38 and then you're still acting like you're in high school. That just doesn't work that way. Benefit from the change in life. Are you hearing me today? benefit from the change in life. Don't let change make you rude, mean, inconsiderate. Come on, some older people get mean. You've been around. I mean, they can become so inconsiderate of others, not, not all of them, but some become selfish and they become very bitter. Now, now, there's that change that's inevitable. But I notice the difference in people, whether they're bitter or, or whether they are better based on change by what comes out of their mouth. I can listen, and, and I get to hear this with teenagers, and then I get to hear it with older people, and I hear the thoughts that are going on behind words, because words start with a thought, and that thought comes from the abundance of whatever's in your heart. Well, we've talked a lot about this, but I just want to, I want to tell you some things that I never hear teenagers say, because this will be a big eye-opener, I believe, for some. I never hear, not one time in my life have I heard teenagers say, this world's just going to the dogs. I don't hear teenagers say, America's going downhill fast. I don't hear teenagers say that. I, I don't hear them say, I don't know how the kids of the future are ever going to even own a home. I don't hear that from teenagers. I don't know how we're going to pay for gas. I don't know how I'm ever going to get a job. I don't know how I'm going to do anything because you don't hear those things from teenagers. Here's why. Gas for teenagers has never been 39 cents a gallon. But we watched it go from in the 39, 49, 59. I was talking to the barber yesterday. Did I tell you this story yet? No, I was talking to the barber, and they were talking about how gas used to be 50. He remembers it at 59 cents. I remember it lower than that. Now, I remember when I first got my license, I was like, I was always trying to find the best place 
to buy the cheapest gas, but I never thought, boy, I hope I can get something under $3. Who's thought that in the last couple of months? So as teenagers, and they're looking at it different than we are. See, I'm, I'm trying to wake us up to something here because I think there's a God principle that we're going to see through all of this. That they see all of us owning homes, and they just think that's the process that I'll go through. And you know what? They end up owning a home. But we're going to say, I don't know how they'd ever own a home. This world is not going to the dogs to them. They have a car and a cell phone and all their meals. Uh, Tristan years ago, and she's not here today, so I'm going to talk to her about her. She was talking about where she wanted to go for her birthday, and the first step of that was to go eat somewhere. And, and, and my mom comes and says, well, how about we go to Lambert's? Because I understand that Lambert's gives you a free meal on your birthday. And Tristan came right back and said, all my meals are free. It was a big eye-opener for me. <laughs> Obviously, they want a choice in where they go, and they could care less what it costs. I, I, it's just, a, and therein lies the problem. They have no reason to worry, to get cynical, to get critical, or to complain. So you've got young people operating that it's going to get better for them because they're just waiting to get out of your house. And it can, it's got to be better than here. That's the only thing that they're looking forward to. And that's not a bitter, that's a better for them. See, we don't realize what's happening here. As we live life, the winds of time end up blowing us towards a very negative way of thinking, and we become bitter. Gas, 10 cents a gallon. I mean, I understand in the 40s, that's what it was. 10 cents a gallon in the 40s. Now it's over $3 a gallon for buying diesel. We ain't even talking about that. Bread in the 40s was 10 cents a loaf. Now it's 276. I got some national averages here so I can share them with you. Hamburger in the United States of America in the 1940s was 20 cents a pound. Now it's 492 on average a pound. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading these and I'm going, car and a truck. Let me get you one that really make you go, Wow. In the 1940s, you could buy one for $850. A brand new one. Jump forward a few years, and you wonder why people are getting negative because now you can't get one for pretty much under $30,000, and if you're getting all the bells and whistles, you're 70 to 80. I mean, $1,000, not $850. A house in the 1940s, $3,500. Now the average is over, in the United States of America, the average is now pushing right at $400,000, the average house cost. You go, well, not in this area. I, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the United States. Milk, 20 cents a gallon. Now, national average, $5 a gallon. Okay, so everybody goes, okay, I know all of that. I get that you do. My question is not whether or not you know it. My question is, are you bitter because of it? Or are you better? Now, here, here's why I want to talk about doing marriage counseling the last few weeks. I'm realizing our young people aren't really stressed, and I think they should be. <laughs> I 
And I had to wake up to some of this myself. I mean, I really did. I had to say, wait, this is not how I need to be thinking. I want to say, you need a, you got a lot to think about. You're getting ready to get married, and you got to know being married means you got to adjust to life with someone else. You've got to take their opinion into the situation. You, you're going to argue about what to watch on TV, where you're going to go for recreation. You're going to talk about things like, whose house are we going to for holidays? You're not even thought about any of this. Who's going to take care of this bill? Who's going to take care of that bill? Who's going to make sure this job is done at home? And what I'm telling you, the worst thing that could happen is you marry somebody that turns their toilet paper the wrong way. Money. You ought to think about money, your electricity bill, your insurance, your car, your house, your health, your gas prices. You're, you're trying to save money and you can't. And You talk about stress is coming, baby. You know, that's, that's what you want to tell. And a lot of us are telling them that. And we're wondering why people can't recognize a Christian when they walk in somewhere. Why? Because I know what gas used to be. And when you're walking into the convenience store and not a service station anymore, you're frustrated. The talk at the pump is, can you believe what the prices are now? Unless a young person is talking, and that's not what they're saying. Start paying attention. All right, we got to get some scripture. Matthew 18, verse 1. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless you become like an old bitter man. It's not what he said. He said, unless you become like this little child. And quit living this life of oh me. Then you're not getting what I have for you by living in my kingdom. I have a different life for you. Actually, young people are just so dumb. They're so out of touch. They don't have a clue of how bad it is. You need to be just like them and quit being so bitter. See, there's got to be a place where that's not how. Churches, you see things from the perspective of young people then you start getting a picture of what God's expecting out of his people. So this is an important thing to talk about. That perspective that he's seeing us needs to not be cynical. We don't want God being cynical. There they go, messing it all up again. And before long, you're not able to get any forgiveness. You're not. A, no, I'm grateful that God sees that you can get life better. What are we doing with our young people? Are we helping them see that life can be better for them? Or are we putting into them that life's going to be bitter? Movies are not 50 cents anymore. Popcorn is not 25 cents anymore. And I know you've said, therefore, I'm never going to a movie again. Well, that's... The price of gas is not going back to 10 cents. Watch that change in life doesn't cause you to be bitter. Come on, somebody's needing to hear this today. I, I've got to guide my thinking or life gets no fun to live. It really, I'm just telling you it does. I, I've got to watch that humor comes into my home. And I'm not trying to be up here today being a stand-up comedian. I'm trying to take a subject that is very serious 
and bring a little more of a lightheartedness to it. But my wife, at times, I've got, this week we were just driving around and we were talking about things and we were talking like we're a bunch of old people. And when I just looked over and I said, we're getting bitter. <laughs> we got to watch that we don't head. And she's like, you're right, you're right. And so we just changed subjects and started heading towards, let's talk about something better. Let's talk about something good that's getting ready to happen. Come on, in this world, there are many troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. I understand there is, and are you living talking about all of them? I, the pressure is on you, I get that, to deal with change. Are you mean and rude based on change? Because, see, no one wants to be around you. And that's fine with you because you don't want to be around anybody. If that's you, I'm talking to you this morning. And more than just me, I'm trying to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And God's trying to say, hey, listen, i got a great life for you. And now that you have kids, the responsibility of kids means you don't have as much money and you can't do the things you used to do. And that's just horrible. And, and, and so it's now made you mean, Dad. You, you, we've got to watch this. Or you have kids that are now out of the home, and you're free to do whatever you want, but yet you're laying at home crying every night, just miserable, irritable, snappy with everyone. You've got two choices every time change happens, better or bitter, bitter or better. You're, you're going to hear today, having gone through all that you have, that you've got a choice in enjoying the life that God has given you or not. And it really is a lot of your choice. And I want to give you some help on how you do that out of Scripture. I want to enjoy my every day and all that life brings. I want to enjoy it. That's my heart. Well, the Bible tells you that you can. Let's talk about how. James chapter 3, verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Here's what I can tell you. If your tongue is causing you to be bitter about everything, you can know that's coming from hell. If you're bitter about everything, that is a hell response, and it's a hell motivated. That's what I just read. It's set on fire by hell itself. Well, what I can tell you is change then is from hell. Because God's way is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, follow me here. I never had to worry about that when I was growing up either. <laughs> I don't even know where I was. Thanks. The thing is, is we've got to know that if hell is bringing change, then we've got to get what God did to bring consistency. 
And as a Christian, he doesn't change, so we've got to learn to do it God's way because God's way means it's the same today. For Now, I'm not talking about the way we do things. I'm just talking about when change starts happening and it's causing you to be bitter, then you need to let Jesus come back in and allow you to see things from his perspective so that we can have the better life. Your tongue takes you places that you don't want to go at times. Or it will take you right where you want to be. That's what a rudder on a ship does, and that's what a horse or a bit in a horse's mouth does. The Bible says the tongue is how you guide your life. Old people start getting bitter, and they're not guarding their tongue anymore. Really what happens is they're not guarding their heart. You guide your life by your tongue. Now, if you want to talk about the fact that a movie costs $50 just for your wife to go by herself... Or, or, or do you talk about the fact that it's hit me the other day. I, I enjoy, I don't know if you can tell us or not, but I enjoy going out to eat. It's, just a, it's a fun pastime of our family. It wasn't something we were always able to do, but in the season of life, we're able to go out a little more. And I, I got the bill after we went out to eat one day, and I looked at it, and I said, are you kidding me? I mean, this was in my head. That's just ridiculous. And I was opening my wallet, and I was trying to figure if I wanted to pay with the 20s and 10s that I had in there because I had enough of those to pay for it if I wanted to break some of the hundreds that I had behind that. And I was like, ah, I just don't know. I mean, hundred. and right then it hit me. You've got more money in your wallet right now than you had in your checking account when you were in your 20s. And you're acting bitter about how much that bill was. Come on, I know somebody's hearing what I'm saying. These gas prices are killing me. Really? That's going to come out of your mouth? You want gas to kill you? Is that a little extreme? Think about where you're at today. I, I mean, I, I watch gas prices go up, and you know I've not seen less vehicles on the road. Somehow the gas is being paid for. Young people are more optimistic towards life because they have not lived through the things that we have. And, but we've lived through them. We've lived through them. What I'm talking to the rest of us, not the teenagers about today, is has change made you bitter or has it made you better? I understand that it is now, this week we enter November. On Wednesday, November, and it's the start of Christmas shopping. If y'all haven't started yet, you might want to think about it. Some people don't wait till the last minute to shop, and they're, they're waiting to the last minute, and they're frustrated, and they make their husbands really frustrated too because all of a sudden we've got so much money going out in one week. You know, you can plan for Christmas. If you never come to church and get any help, you're not listening. Because I really want to talk about things that we all have to deal with. And we do. And you need to set a budget. And you need to stick to it. And life needs to be peaceful and better, not bitter, because of what we spent on grandkids at Christmas. Amen. That was for me. If I was out there and the pastor just said that, that's what I'd have said. Every week you live through something more. And, and, and I understand <laughs> that in the middle of the night you get a cramp and you can't go back to sleep. Come on. I, 
I understand. But are you going to let that ruin the life that God wants to give you to live blessed? Psalm 118, 24. I got to give you some scriptures and end this out. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it unless the gas prices get above $4 a gallon. That's not what God said. This is the day God's made. Come on, at some point, we've got to realize that God made your day. And he didn't make all the things that are bad in your day. He made a way out of all the bad. Quit being bitter. Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Unless Biden gets back in office. You know, but, come on, are we just, we just going to continue on and on and on? Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord, unless you become bitter and can't see God. In Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. I'm not going to go through all of this, but I want you to know that Jesus was explaining this to the people that he was teaching. And he had said, the word of God is like seed. The word of God is like seed. And the problem with seed, he, he explained it all, and he said it can be stolen by the birds. Satan is a real, demons, demonic, Satan is oftentimes referred to as the birds coming and stealing or taking something in Scripture. Then Jesus explained it can fall on bad soil, which means you're not wanting to receive it. It also says that the seed can fall where other things choke it out. Here's where we are today. This is my message. Mark 4, verse 18. Jesus said, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering I'm just, and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The word that I'm giving today, you can know. You can walk right in the car and you can get bitter and it's just going to choke it out. I'm just like that. Bitterness chokes the word of God out of your life. You want to turn God out of your life, just keep on in that bitter attitude. See, it's just a, it, it's exactly opposite of the plan that God has for your mouth. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I got, I got to read this. Verse 10, it says, The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice, keep the commands and decrees written in this book of instruction, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you and is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask. Who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey? It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask. Who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No, the, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice. This is God speaking to all of us. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Come on, it's real easy to make that choice. Well, obviously I want life. Obviously I want prosperity. I don't want disaster. I, I don't want death. I don't want, I don't want. And I want you to know, so young people, you can wake back up. There's no age limit on that promise. The promise is if you obey his voice and keep the commands and the decrees. 
Why wouldn't you want to read the Word every day? Because the Word, if you'll keep it, then what it'll do, it'll fill your heart up. You can guard your what comes out of your mouth a lot better when you got the right thing in your heart. And I know that gas prices change, and I know the bill's too high, and I know all those things that we don't want to happen, but I want you to know each year of your life gets more pressure on it. And Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 34, he said, You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I just want you to know today, life can be better for you. Life can be better. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.